I like to think of managing our stress in terms of brushing our teeth. So most of us brush our teeth, hopefully twice a day, but at least every day. And we're brushing our teeth to prevent the buildup of plaque and tartar, which leads to cavities. So if we take the same idea to managing our stress and anxiety, and we begin using these techniques on a daily basis, not waiting until we're at a level 10 stress level, but when we do it on a regular basis, we're going to keep that baseline lower. Welcome to the Intuitive Woman Podcast with your host, Tina Conroy. Gain clarity, confidence, and trust in your inner wisdom. Explore spiritual topics, including intuition, healing, wellness, yoga, vibrant living, and more. Hi, everyone. Welcome. Tina here, and happy summer solstice. So you're either experiencing the summer solstice today or tomorrow, but it is here, the longest day of the year. So go ahead and enjoy this beautiful, beautiful time and the sunshine. I have another fantastic guest on the show, Stephanie D'Alfonso. And today we are going to be going through, she's going to lead you through a beautiful breathing technique. But before we go there, I want to share a little bit about her. And I want to also share, if you're not connected with me and you're interested in working a little bit deeper, go ahead and check out my website. It is tinaconroy.com. And as you go to the website, I have a few options and I would love to share with you. If any questions, feel free to reach out to me. I have a 90-day intuitive woman mentorship program and you work with me for 90 days we go deep into spirituality and if you're interested in that you'll find it on my website also the 30 days to healing program so the summer sometimes are we have a little bit lighter schedule and perhaps you want to do something different and it would be great to connect with me so go ahead and check it out tinaconroy.com connect with me and i would love to connect with you Also, make sure you're connected with me on Facebook. Our Facebook group is growing leaps and bounds. The Intuitive Woman Facebook group. I hope I see you there. Stephanie D'Alfonso is an intuitive woman's leadership coach, certified hypnotist, speaker, wife, mom, yogi, and amateur photographer. She empowers women to move from anxiety, stress, fear, and despair to find freedom, peace of mind, and joy in their lives. Our conversation was fantastic. We both share the love of yoga. We both share the love of spirituality, meditation, and breathing. And we know that we don't have it all together, right? We don't have it all together, but we work with ourselves. We're always in the state of healing and working and facilitating. And we work to help others and empower women to do the same. So we have a beautiful show ahead. I'm so glad you tuned in. There's also a breathing exercise, and I would love for you, if you listen to the show, to go back and listen again. And I'm always so grateful that you're here. So I'm going to bring Stephanie on. Hey, Stephanie, how are you doing today? I am doing awesome, Tina. So happy to be here. How are you? I'm great. I'm so awesome because the sun is shining, finally. Yay, I, yes. I know. And we are on the same coast. So I know that you're feeling the same warm weather where you are as well. Yes. You always just feel so much better on a sunny day, don't you? Don't you? I really miss the sun. And I feel like I've been saying this for so long on the podcast, but it really was raining a lot. And I'm really looking forward to some beautiful sunshine. And I have to tell you, though, my grass is pretty green. One of the things that I love to do as a hobby is nature photography. So with everything that's been blooming this spring, I'm having so much fun. 
I love that. And I know you have such beautiful backgrounds. And I know when we did our pre-chat, your flowers and your gardens and your your landscape is so nice. So it's a beautiful place to be. Yeah, it's a great place to be connecting with nature. So we've connected really through what I say, synchronistic events and nothing is ever this is always perfect timing. And I love that we just connected through the airwaves and you kind of found me on Facebook and I found you and here we are. So how awesome is this? I know it is definitely divine synchronicity here. Completely. So I want to bring the listeners back a little bit. I always love to kind of share how you were as a little girl, your upbringing, spirituality, religious, and where you are today. Okay, so um, I didn't have the like uh, happiest childhood, as it were. This was a long time ago. At five, my parents divorced, and back then, like that was like really scandalous. You know, nobody and no other kids at school, you know, didn't have two parents living at home, and so it was not a, a storybook childhood. Religion was kind of if my mother could get up on Sunday morning, she'd get us to church, and was always late, so we'd be walking in, and of course, everybody'd be turning around looking at. So there was real no strong religious foundation there. But then as a young adult, I had an incredible spiritual experience of all places in a Catholic church. Like, whoa, what? And I went through the process and I was converted to Catholicism. And then we moved and I found out that the Catholic church that I went to wasn't like other Catholic churches, like not at all. I like to say that the Holy Spirit was actually in this church that I was going to. So I stayed in the religion for a while longer. And then as I started my spiritual exploration, I started becoming less and less enchanted with pretty much all religions, because in just my opinion, it's man's rules and it's like made up rules. Case in point, when I was still in the Catholic church, I had my kids in a Catholic school and my daughter was being bullied relentlessly and they were doing nothing about it. And to me, that's just like, that's common, like spirituality, the golden rule. But religion in this school was a subject from, you know, two to two thirty or whatever. So I definitely have walked away from organized religion, but the spirituality is the core of who I am and how I show up in the world. And that informs everything. As you know, one of the many hats I wear is as a yoga teacher. And so my yoga practice is such a spiritual practice for me. And you know what? It's so interesting how we all come to this journey or we're on the journey and we get to this place where we feel completely connected to spirit and either through yoga, through meditation. I know we have the connection because you and I have a lot in common. We wear many different hats, but we have this yoga practice that we can always come back to. The mat calls us back, right? Mm -hmm. We were just talking about how as we move through our practice over the many years that we've been practicing, it's not about getting the right asana, the asanas. It's really about the spiritual practice and being with the limitations that we spoke about that. So it's so beyond the physical practice. And when we can gather that, it's truly this feeling of connection, this truly connection of our spirit and then just divine spirit. Well, and ironically, Tina, just several months ago, I had been going to the same yoga studio for 
over four and a half years. And I was going there because it was convenient. Like, you know, let me just be transparent. I was going there because it was convenient. It was right down the street from me. But they only practiced one limb of yoga, and that was the physical practice. And then, sadly, after our election in November, there was some chat around the yoga studio, and I felt incredibly uncomfortable. And I asked the studio owner, I said, you know, we're a tech-free zone. Can we also be a political-free zone? And she said, no. Mm, Wow. Oh, okay. This is not where I'm supposed to be anymore. And I went and my mentor suggested someone else in the area. And I went to this new studio and we're practicing all eight limbs, that it's not just the physical asanas. You know, um, they're weaving in the yoga philosophies, they're weaving in the spirituality weaving all of that in. And so I am feeling so much more fed right now. I know a lot of us and so many things have been happening since November. So we won't go there on a big note. Right. It's been interesting because of some of the things that have happened in November. It has pushed so many people in different directions. But I always say that you were meant to leave there. Your time was up. You know, it was time for you to go on and to find this other place and to find the connection of the eight limbs in the new place. So nothing is, again, it's not like spaghetti thrown on the wall. Right. It's all supposed to happen. But it's very interesting because it was a spud high, a self-study exploration for me about, okay, you know, why did I stay there for so long when I knew because of having trained with my mentor and becoming a yoga teacher, I knew that I wasn't getting really what I wanted. And so it was a really interesting opportunity for me to do that spud high, that self-study, and then be able to share with others, okay, I did this because I was stuck in a habit. I was stuck in a habit. I was stuck in a habit, right? And so we get into these habits, we get into these ruts, and we're no longer being fulfilled. And yet, well, it's convenient. So I'm going to keep going. So it was a really great time for me to say, hmm, all right, I need to do what I share with my clients about you're stuck in a rut. Let's just make a move. Right. Absolutely. And it's very true. It's very difficult. And I find myself in it too, when you really have to look at yourself and find that honesty to find that satnam, you know, truth and really listen because it is, it's, it, it could have been, it's just easy. Do we want easy or do we want truth? Right. So, right. So the place that I'm going to now, I, again, the other place, it was seven minutes down the road. Now this one is 30 plus minutes because of traffic and stuff, but it's fine. I'm getting fed. I'm willing to take that extra time to drive to and fro so I can really get that spiritual peace. Because without that, I was not operating at my highest and best good. Right. And just sometimes it takes a little bit of time to recognize that. And maybe that little push, fortunately or unfortunately in November was the one that did it. Yeah. And so, you know, whatever, I'm not, certainly not pointing my fingers there because, you know, when and if you've never heard this before, really listen to this. When you point a finger at someone, you've got three pointing back at you. So I try not to point fingers at people because then I know there's three coming back at me. But it was really interesting, not just for me, but for me to have that realization and then to be able to share with others of being stuck in the rut, stuck in the rut, stuck in the rut. And, you know, where else do we do that in our lives? It's very eye-opening. And it's also being able to 
facilitate the teachings to your students and to your community from a personal place. I'm sure they were very open to that. And being vulnerable is so open that as their teacher, you're also one of them. So you're in the same place. Right. It's not holding yourself to a high, you know, like, oh, you know, I'm so hot. And so, you know, I've got it all together. I'll be the first to admit that I don't. And so I think that as we, again, through the practice of yoga and this svadhyaya, this self-study, as we are able to uncover this in ourselves, it's also our opportunity to help others uncover that in themselves. So I'm excited today because I want to take the listeners on a little journey of an exercise and actually give them value as if if they are right here with us. And we know that the power of podcasting is that we are in their ears and their headset is mostly that's how most people listen to podcasts and that they can go back to this and listen again. And I am so grateful that you have obliged to actually go through some teachings and to take people into some of the breathing techniques and awareness. Another thing that we've spoken about prior to getting on air is stress and anxiety, which is very, very common. And everybody has stress and anxiety one way or the other. So I would love to just open it up to you to share with the listeners and begin some practices that they can actually take with them today. Okay, awesome. Because I, I, you know, I'm a teacher at heart and I really am so committed to being able to share quick and easy coping skills to manage stress and anxiety because we are not taught that. I really would love to see, and I, I know a few more evolved teachers who are beginning to bring some breath techniques and some mindfulness techniques into their classrooms, but I really would love to see it be part of the curriculum in every single school to help teach kids coping skills because the world is moving a lot faster than it did when you and I were kids. So when we learn how to manage our stress and anxiety, I used to be incredibly stressed and anxious. I was, and I didn't realize it until, you know, you don't realize it until you're out of it. But I look back and I think now, yeah, I really was very high stress and very high anxiety without realizing it. So, you know, you just kind of get used to it and you feel like it's out of your control. But I'd like to share a couple of different, really simple, simple coping strategies today that you and your listeners can begin using today because I like to think of managing our stress in terms of brushing our teeth. So most of us brush our teeth hopefully twice a day, but at least every day. And we're brushing our teeth to prevent the buildup of plaque and tartar, which leads to cavities. So if we take the same idea to managing our stress and anxiety, and we begin using these techniques on a daily basis, not waiting until we're you know, at a level 10 stress level. But when we do it on a regular basis, we're going to keep that baseline lower. So one of the quickest and easiest things to do is to come to your breath. And so as long as you're not driving, I would invite you and your listeners to simply close your eyes and allow your awareness to come to your breath without judging it without feeling like you have to change it in any way, simply bring your awareness to your breath and notice it. And imagine at the base of your feet is a beautiful colored pool of healing, soothing energy. Whatever color that might be is absolutely perfect. 
And I'm going to walk you through it and then don't do it the first time through. I'll guide you through it after I do it the first time. So in a moment, I'll invite you to take your breaths a third of a time. So you'll imagine this beautiful healing energy your feet and then imagine breathing it up just a third of the way to your knees and then a third of a breath more up to your belly and then that final third of a breath up to the top of your head you'll hold for a moment and then ah, a nice exhale of that which no longer serves you and again remember you only want to take that first third of a breath a lot of times people take that big breath and that there's no more room so just a third of a breath at a time so whatever color is at the base of your feet imagine breathing that up just a third of the way to your knees and pause. Breathe it up to your belly and pause. Breathe it that final third of a breath up to the top of your head. Hold for a moment and ah, let go of that which no longer serves you. And we'll do that again. Imagine breathing that beautiful healing energy up to your knees and pause. Breathe another third of the way up to your belly and pause. That final third of a breath up to the top of your head. Pause and then ah, exhale that which no longer serves you. And then one more time. A third of a breath up to your knees and pause. A third of a breath up to your belly and pause. That final third of a breath up to the top of your head and let go of that which no longer serves you. Allowing your breath to come back to its natural rhythm now and simply scanning your physical body, noticing Are your shoulders feeling a little more relaxed? Maybe that little place where you fur your eyebrows is feeling a little less tension. How was that for you, Tina? You know what? It's so nice because I'm such a visual person. So I love, I had like a magenta color that just kind of rose up and I love doing the third and it's very peaceful. I love filling up with the light, the color that I chose and then just emptying out. It was very soothing. Awesome. And the reason that I said whatever color you choose is absolutely perfect is because the colors also have an energetic signature to them. So magenta is the color of the deepest inner knowing. It inspires truth, clarity, and faith. So Tina, that is an absolutely perfect color to come to you. And so maybe someone else who's listening pink came to them. Well, pink is the color of unconditional love. So each color has its own energetic vibration to it. So many, many years ago, when I first started practicing as a hypnotist, I would, because I had been trained by somebody to do this, I would give someone a specific color. And every time you see this color, it reinforces blah, 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 because that's what I was taught. But then when I learned that The colors have an energetic signature to them too. So now we're layering not just the energy of the breath and taking that three-part breath. We're layering the energy of the color in there as well. And even if you don't understand what the energetic signature is, it's working anyway. I love that. That's great. Also, it's a three-part breath, and we do it three times. There is something incredibly spiritual and magnificent about the number three. If you think about how many religions 
three shows up. There are three primary colors, three prime numbers, three over and over and over again. And as you start noticing that, it's like, you know, I wrote a blog, had one of those light bulb moments, and I woke up and wrote this blog about the power of three. And I still feel like I only just scratched the surface because I don't really totally understand it. But there is something very mystical and magical about the number three. I agree. I always think of the Trinity and then I think of a triangle. I think of a lot of the threes. There's also the, it's in the Irish tradition. It's the clatter. Is it the clatter ring? I think that has the three loops. I know what you're talking about and I can't remember what it's called either, but that three shows up so many different times, which is why when I do this three-part breath, I do this three times. And if I can just like do a little backstory on this three-part breath, I learned this three-part breath slightly different from my yoga mentor one morning. I had a young man coming to my office that day. I still had an actual office back then and he has Tourette's syndrome. And so he, for his entire life, has been throwing his arm out like he was going to punch you and yelling inappropriate things. So he comes to my office and I've just learned this three-part breath and I hear that intuitive voice. I hear his spirit saying, it's the breath. And I do this three-part breath with him and he was calm on my couch for quite a period of time. No yelling, no twitching. He was simply calm. It was absolutely miraculous to witness. I love that. Now, what if people are asking, is it good or bad to breathe in through the nose, out through the nose? What if people breathe in through the nose and out through the mouth? What if they're mouth breathers? Does it matter? No. And Here's why. This is just my philosophy. And certain teachers will tell you only in through the nose and out through the mouth or only in and out of the nose, no mouth breathing. I really, you know, and this kind of ties in with how I feel about organized religion. You know what? I don't have the best answer for you. You have the best answer for you. So When someone is teaching you a breath technique, if they're saying that, or if you're learning some kind of an energy technique, and they, I love all the time uh, with meditation, uncross your legs, uncross your hands, have your hands on your lap. Well, this is because this is what they were taught. But if that's not serving you, then find what works for you. I truly believe that, and this is how I work so well with my clients, is that I do not believe that I have the answers, but I know you do, and I know how to help you get to where those answers are. I think that is so brilliant. I happen to be working right now with a gentleman who has Parkinson's, and the breathing is very, very challenging to him. He really does not breathe in and out of the nose. If anything, he probably breathes in through the mouth and out through the mouth. And the fact that he's breathing and they were just visualizing with the breath and allowing him to visualize the breath coming in and out is so much more important than to get him to breathe in and out of the nose or in through the nose, out through the mouth. Exactly. It's meeting him where he is instead of, I know the right answer because it's not the right answer for him. Right. Exactly. And if your listeners don't know this, you know, I can teach some more breath exercises and some other things if you want. But the breath exercises are so powerful, first of all, because our breath is always with us, right? We can simply come to our breath. We don't have to, we don't have to have any special equipment or go anywhere. We can just meet ourselves where we are. And when we're doing the breath exercises, we're calming the vagus nerve. And so that 
helps to lower your heart rate and blood pressure. It helps your body to metabolize the stress hormones. And that is absolutely important. And it also calms the parasympathetic nervous system. These breath exercises, it's not just like, oh, this is a good idea. There's actual research behind it that says, okay, when you do these breath exercises, here's what happens. And the more we can metabolize the stress hormones, the more we can calm that parasympathetic nervous system, the less chance there is that we're going to go up to a 10 on a stress or anxiety scale, right? So that's why I really frame it as begin to do these on a regular basis. Don't wait until you're stressed, even when you're already feeling great. Do these on a regular basis and you will have a much more balanced quality of life. So that brings me to another question. People might say, when should I do this particular technique? Do I do it every day at the same time or do I do it when I feel stressed or do I do it in the morning or the evening? How would you speak to that? I would say just because to break a habit is one thing, to get a habit started sometimes is just as hard. So again, finding what works for you. Perhaps if to get started, you make a commitment that you're going to do this three times a day. You're going to set an alarm on your phone to remind you to do this just so you can begin to start that habit. And then by all means, when you start noticing, and part of this is turning up the awareness to the stress levels, because as I said, when I was incredibly stressed and anxious, I didn't realize it because that's all I knew. So when you start to turn up the stress and, ooh, I am getting a little stressed, come to your breath, whether it's that three-part breath or I could do some other ones with you. It's not a breath technique, but I would imagine you don't have a tennis ball near you, but do you have maybe a water bottle or something that you could just toss back and forth between your hands from left to right, right to left, left to right, right to left? Sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. So before you start that, Tina, and again, if you're driving, don't do this, but if you have a water bottle, your keys, anything that's not going to be you know, heavy or hurtful to your hands, before you start this, think about something that happened recently that was pretty stressful. And notice you can go right back into feeling that. Maybe not to the quite the same extreme that it was, but you can still get in touch with that stress. And now I've got a tennis ball, so I'm actually doing it with a tennis ball, but you can even just tap your hands in the front center of your body and go left to right, right to left, back and forth, back and forth. And then begin to notice how you start to relax and how it takes the edge off. And how simple is that? You can simply grab something that's near you or I'd keep a tennis ball on my desk. And this is called crossing the midline. And the way that it works, the reason it works is it's balancing the left side of the brain with the right side of the brain, the right side of the brain with the left side of the brain. And so as we are bringing our brains more into balance, again, it is lowering the stress levels. How simple is that? I love it. So simple, but at the same time, it's so effective. You know, it's great. Well, that's the tagline of my business is simple shifts, lasting changes. Because one of the things as we get higher numbers with our age is wisdom. And so I've accumulated quite a bit of wisdom. And I now, you know, I now really embrace and claim that I am wise. And so that wisdom, I've really come to understand that 
It doesn't have to be complicated. If it's complicated, if I hand you a 20-minute meditation CD, or now it would be on an MP3, but if I hand you 20 minutes and say, listen to this every day, or even worse, listen to this twice a day, I will guarantee you that after a week, 99% of the people I would hand that to would not be doing it anymore. However, when I can teach you these really quick, quick coping skills, there's a much greater chance that you're going to go, well, I can do that. I completely agree. I start with meditation and I've done meditation groups where I start them with five minutes a day. Mm -hmm. They go, what? No, I said five minutes and take out your phone, put on your timer, sit down and five minutes. And when the five minutes is up, go on the next day, go up. And I had them graduate, but starting with five minutes, because it's just like you said, it's brushing your teeth, creating the habit. And as we're creating these new habits, it's doing it, but making it accessible to everyone. And the two things that you just shared with us, anybody can do because one, the breath is free. We all love that, right? We don't need a lot of anything. We need nothing. We just need a moment to do it and the intention to do it. And then to place it into our day. So those couple of moments that you just shared with us, these two beautiful exercises, really any age, any gender. So I love that. Right. And so I would also please ask any uh, listeners who are parents to do these for yourself because old pattern of mine would be, I'd learn something like, whoa, I want to come home and teach it to my kids. Uh Uh-uh. Put the oxygen mask on yourself first. So really incorporate these into your lives And then you can share them with your kids. These are so simple. You can share them with young kids. And what a gift to help your children at a young age learn how to manage their stress and emotions. Like, I just think that that is beautiful. But when we try to teach it before we've really embraced it, before we've really melded it into our lives, well, then... It's not as powerful. And I think one of the greatest gifts that I was able to give my kids who are now grown and doing some great things in the world, I think that one of the greatest gifts that I was able to give them is they got to witness the transformation in me. I love that. And you know what? I started teaching yoga to kids. I think I told you, I shared that with you. I started out teaching yoga to children and I taught to children for many, many years. And I also was able to go into some schools, into some churches, into some synagogues. And we did very simple, easy breath work or breathing techniques. And it was so effective. We did, you know, we had different names for it. We had bunny breath and we had different things like that, but it was all about just connecting. And you and I are on the same path and same mission to get it into the schools, get it into every home, but you are absolutely right. So parents that are listening, it is really about putting that oxygen mask on, like you said, learning and bringing this into your life and then feeling that connection. And then, you know, teaching it or, or sharing it with your family and your and your children and your friends and whomever. But Exactly. Well, because when I learned the very first quote unquote technique that I learned was emotional freedom techniques, EFT or tapping. And I learned this over 20 years ago when Gary Craig was first introducing this. I was on a teleclass, ooh, cutting edge technology back then where I was on a phone listening with a uh, hundred other people and hearing him teach this amazing, powerful self-help technique 
technique. And that was after I did my last radio show. I had been a celebrity radio DJ for years. And my last show was as a morning show DJ. And my sleep got wrecked. I learned this tapping technique and it helped me to, to deal with my sleeping. And I was able to sleep again. So woo, off to the races, I was trying to tell everybody about this tapping technique. And everybody was like, oh my God, what has happened to her? She's a nut job. So, you know, so I share that. So I learned, you know, it's not me preaching to the choir. It's, you know, I learned firsthand experience. Wait until you really have it down and really integrate it and then share it with others. Absolutely. And it's so interesting because I know of Gary Craig and EFT and tapping as well. And so it's very true. I can see how it's so powerful that you want to share it with everybody. Definitely. And it does look a little strange (laughs) if anybody knows what we're talking about, but it's so effective again. But once you get it, a handle for yourself. Right. And if your listeners want to learn more about EFT, I have a bunch of resources on my website about EFT and faster EFT. I've got a ton of YouTube videos because it works. And again, it's not something you're going to do out in public because it looks a little odd if you don't know what it is. But it is absolutely one of the most powerful self-help techniques that I know. And that's what sent me on this whole healing journey. Oh, I love that. I'm so glad that you were able to share this with the listeners. Before we kind of give them your information and how to find you, I want to always ask my intuition question. So it always is, what does intuition mean to you? Intuition means trust, that I trust the information I'm getting. Once I And there wasn't like one defining moment, but it was a a series of moments where I let go. I did a trust fall and, oh, it makes life so much easier when you pay attention to those calls or those nudges. My intuition led me to you, my new soul sister. Oh, I know. Yes, I love it. Soul sister. I love it. So it's really about trusting. And it came to me, I think, mostly in my practice, because when I first started my hypnosis practice, I had a structure and all right, we started here and we went here and we went there. And when I started like this story I shared with you earlier about that young man with Tourette's, sadly, unfortunately, it was too big a shift for him. And all of a sudden he's been living his life this entire way. And then I take him 180 degrees and it was way too much for him to be able to process. But that was, that was me trusting. Oh, okay. It's about the breath. Great. Let me teach him this breath technique. So if you have listeners who are like, well, I don't know about this intuition, simply start listening to the messages you get. Maybe you have the experience where you think of a friend that you haven't, you haven't connected with for so long. And then there's an email or or a text or a phone call from them. Those are little messages. I love that. And trust is so important. It really has a big baseline of intuition, the trusting and the listening. Yes. So where can people find you, Stephanie? I would love for people to reach out to you and find you. Awesome. My website is stephaniedelfonso.com. Hopefully you'll put that in the show notes so people don't have to figure out how to spell that. (laughs) I'm on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. And also I have a download at the number four copingskills.com. It's I think one of the techniques that I shared today, but it's four different, again, really simple coping techniques that you just put your email in, um, you immediately get the download that four simple coping skills. And I, with the work that we do, we can almost never give a guarantee, but Tina, 
I would guarantee that for anybody who would take these four coping skills and start applying them on a daily basis, they're going to experience change in their lives. Oh, I love it. Well, it's been such a pleasure to have you. And I'm so glad that we found each other and we are now soul sisters for life and we can share that going forward. So it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for sharing and shining your light and for all your passion. Thank you so much, Tina. Namaste. Namaste. Namaste.